Just before the advent of the smartphone, it was reported that former U.S. Education Secretary Bill Bennett said, America is rapidly becoming the kind of nation that civilized nations send missionaries to. For those who heard Mr. Bennett's comment, it would have been hard for them to believe the kind of changes that would occur in America over the next 15 years. Smartphones have become a cultural change agent and maybe even has broken down the American dream and culture. Those change agents seem to have gotten the drop on those who would otherwise use the internet for good. As we head into Easter, it's a good time to ask this question. Does scripture have anything pertinent to say about the digital age and technology that we now have to navigate as parents? We'll find out next on Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host is Trace Embry. He is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill and also the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. I'm Michelle Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherd's Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. You know, Trace, you've made the statement that smartphones are too often used as a steroid for our human sin nature, which you believe to be especially true for our kids. Can you expound on that idea? Absolutely. Uh, But before I do, uh, let me just say that I'm really glad that today's guest is going to share a little bit about how the Bible might help paint a clearer picture about how smartphones and tech in general has a God component in it. Uh, Because to be frank, I'm a little weary of hearing the lame excuses I get from people who tell me that the Bible has nothing to say uh, about Mm -hmm. unfettered smartphone access and, and, and kids' involvement and all that. The Bible mm-hmm. doesn't specifically mention pornography either, but myriad passages speak to the principles that clearly apply to pornography and other topics the Bible doesn't specifically address, like smartphones. Uh, it, it doesn't require a PhD in theology either to uh, connect these mm-hmm. dots here. Um, and, and think about this. Uh, we've all heard of the seven deadly sins, right? Every one of them can be applied to kids in smartphones or applied mm-hmm. to adults for that matter. I mean, let, let's just see. Okay, you got pride. Greed, yeah. wrath, mm-hmm. envy, lust, gluttony, and sloth. Wait, did I just describe the seven deadly sins or did I just describe social media, maybe video games, Ooh. right? But to the steroid thing, back to that, that was your original question. Whatever fleeting sin that our kids you know, may have you know, uh, ever uh, thought about committing, whether accidentally or on purpose, or again, adults for that matter, the internet has helped entertain fuel, excuse, justify, endorse, celebrate, and even coerce our kids into acting out what in the past would have been maybe just a fleeting thought. Smartphones take the internet with you everywhere you go, day and night, Mm -hmm. in your pocket, under your pillow. Can you say EMF poisoning? (laughs) Sure, I knew you could. All right, today's (laughs) guest has helped to bring a solution to this digital elephant in the room. I'm really glad we have him back. Mm-hmm, me too. Well, our guest today is the leader in the creation of healthy tech. Chris Casper is the guest on Licensed to Parent. Chris is the founder of Techless, an innovative tech startup that created WiseFone, a pure and simple phone for intentional 
people. Chris is married to Sierra, and he's the fun dad to four beautiful daughters. Chris and Sierra have been foster parents for a handful of kids, and they live for a deeper purpose. Welcome back, Chris. Awesome. So good to be here. This conversation brings life to my soul. (laughs) Good. All right, so it wasn't uh, that long ago that uh, you were with us telling our audience about what you know, you're doing to help get smartphones out of the hands of kids. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about Techless and, and, and your wise phone for the listeners who might not have been with us the first time you were here? Yeah, I mean, just high level, Techless is here to create healthy technology. What that means is what is God's design for technology? Let's make a product that does that. Um, we hope to re- give the world back 100 billion life hours from screen time. Uh, that's kind of our 10-year vision here. And the first product we're selling is a phone called Wise Phone. It's this pure and simple phone, and it doesn't do a lot. It calls and it texts and it has a few basic tools, but no social media, no app store, nothing you can get addicted to on it. You know, and I think God has given us the ability as human beings to produce uh, good things. And I think tech could be a good thing. It certainly gives us the ability to uh, come up with tech. I was talking with Michelle earlier um, about the wheel, for crying out loud, is technology. <laughs> uh, and But she was telling me about a sermon you gave about technology in the book of Genesis. In today's digital age, when we think of technology in general, because of its pervasive role in the world today, we usually default to thinking in terms of digital technology, but digital technology is only one aspect of tech as a whole. Are you saying that digital technology is found in Genesis? Yeah, I mean, so there's no smartphones, obviously, in the Bible, um, but there are some supernatural forces at work that are magical in nature. And that's, that's what tech is on so many levels. Yeah. It's the supernatural power that's magical, that extends human capacity. So that would be the closest thing you could find scripturally. Okay. Do you have any scriptural passages off the top of your head that, that ought to speak to Christian parents about why a smartphone isn't a safe, wise, or moral option for the young soul and brain that are still developing? Yeah, um, so as I've studied scripture, I've studied what is, you've heard the phrase, you cannot serve both God and mammon. And if you study mammon, mammon is actually not just money. It's actually this essence of power. And it's considered Mm. medieval days. They considered him one of the seven princes of hell. It's actually like this demonic force. Um, And if you think about what smartphones are, they are raw power. And it's... it's too much for kids. Um, like, would you give your kid right now a million dollars? That would be foolish. It would ruin his life, his or her life. They would just squander it. They wouldn't have wisdom. They wouldn't know what to do with it. It would destroy them. And in the right. same way, I consider a smartphone the equivalent power of a million dollars that you just hand to them. No, you, you have conversations. You work your way through that in order to hand it off to them wisely. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, even our government realizes that uh, – uh, you have to be, in, in most states, 21 years old to even pull the lever on a slot machine. So why are we giving unfettered access to to a, a young kid who could uh, see uh, virtually like I said, anything uh, on there, uh, maybe even find a way to cheat his way through college or, or high school? Uh, it just doesn't seem to make sense to me. Um, I'm going to rattle off a few scriptures, if you don't mind. Psalm 101.3, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Romans 12.2, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Exodus 20, have no other gods before me. 1 Samuel 3.13 talks about Eli failing to restrain his sons and the curse that it brought upon him and future generations. 
Matthew 18, 6, which to me is the the absolute slam dunk when, when Jesus himself says, if you cause one of these little ones to stumble, it would be better to have a millstone hung around your neck and be thrown in the depths of the sea. But then Proverbs 19, uh, 15, a child left to himself disgraces his mother. Colossians three twenty one, don't embitter or discourage your kids. Ephesians 6, 4, don't exasperate your kids. Are you going to tell me that giving your kid unfettered access to social media uh, TikTok, YouTube, uh, or, the, or all the porn that's on these little gadgets, how is that not exasperating your kids, not provoking them to anger or causing them to stumble? It is. I mean, hands down. Uh, and the cool thing is, is some of the world's starting to realize this. In Utah, they actually just passed a law that unless you're under 18, you have to have parental consent to even access social platforms. So social platforms now have to ask Ooh. parents to do that. So there's, there's, the world is waking up to some of these dangers. Chris, I want to go back to your message um, in Genesis talking about technology. How can that inform parents and kids today? How, how can what was written so long ago help our parents as they're parenting? Yeah, I mean, so first, I think it helps to understand where the world was then. And if you think about it, so like right now, we are living in the most innovative time in history. There's more that's happened in the last 200 years than it's happened in the last 2000 years. Like right. we have less in common with Abraham Lincoln than he has in common with Jesus. Okay. But if you look in Genesis, that was also the most innovative moment in history. I mean, so God created the earth and then he had Adam go and name the animals. Okay, we created language and then Cain and Abel invented farming and livestock herding, everything like that. And then there was a city made after that. I mean, there was just explosive, crazy innovation in those early years. And so the principles of what was good, what was bad, all those dynamics going on profoundly affect how we should think about this stuff today. Mm -hmm. So, okay, let's just ask one of these questions. Like, okay, is tech evil? Is it neutral? Is it good? Uh, you know, a lot of people generally like to simply fall into one camp or another. I actually asked people yesterday, I spoke on this yesterday, raise your hands. And it was amazing. People had clear cuts where they stood. Uh, yeah, tech is largely evil. Tech is largely good. And we want to be Luddites or we want to be, you know, transhumanists where we talk, you know. So uh, just answering that question, like go to Genesis, okay? Is tech good? Well, God had Adam create language pre-fall. He actually tasked man to create the names for animals. Oh, that, he didn't say this is a monkey. He said, you come up with the name. And Adam mm -hmm. said, that's a monkey. And so there's something beautiful and wonderful. And it's part of God's design for humans to create things. Okay, so tech is good. There's a good example. And then, and then Cain and Abel, right? Cain killed his brother. He got the mark on his forehead. And then he was banished from humanity, fell out of relationship with God. And what did he go and do? He went and created this profound innovation. He went and made a city. That city mm. represents the God-shaped hole in his heart and how he was trying to fill it. And even to this day, if you think about what cities are, most of them are largely anti-God. And, and that city grew in depravity. It was so dark and the things that happened there, the God had to hit the reset button on society as a whole. He sent the flood and wiped out the, the mm -hmm. earth because of the junk that came from a creator of technology. And again, he was an innovator. He made, uh, he made, he made farming, right? Or actually he was doing the livestock and, and he did not please God with it. So tech has this anti-God tendency to it to fill that God-shaped hole in our heart. And there's some huge dangers and there's some evil there. 
Um, so there's kind of one high level principle that, hey, it can be good. It's part of God's design. At the same time, it has this propensity to pull us away from him. Well, guys, it's time for a break. And we're talking with Chris Casper today about Genesis, technology, digital technology, and our kids. So you want to check out more from Chris Casper, go to techless.com. We'll be back with more Licensed to Parent after this. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job, and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherd's Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Help by TroubledTeen.org. Hi, folks. Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern-day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. when Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a residential treatment center for troubled teens. Want to know more? Check out LicensedToParent.org. We're talking today with Chris Casper, and he's helping us understand the technology world from as far back as Genesis. So, Chris, just before the break, you had one principle that you had touched on um, concerning what you have really been studying and understanding from the beginning of the world, from just how Adam had, you know, was a part of technology and language, and and then Cain and developing a city. Okay, so that was one principle. What what other things have you dug up as you've been studying the technology and the book of Genesis? Next example is just kind of the classic one that everyone goes to. It's the Tower of Babel. And these were mm. people trying to innovate and create. And it was in ho- it was in opposition to God. It was us saying, hey, we are God. And that's something that's happening right now. I mean, literally, there's a transhumanist movement of people that want to download their consciousness onto a hard drive and exist yep. into eternity. So mm. this is a trend here. But with the Tower of Babel, I think what's cool is that they're in the middle of the construction. 
God came in mm. and he snapped his fingers and all of a sudden with a technological innovation, he created multiple languages. There was only one prior to this moment in the history of the earth. And so I think the principle from this is that God is sovereign. God is in control. So if you ever feel yourself being nervous or scared or fearful about all the stuff that's happening right now around us technologically, take a breath, have peace because God can snap his fingers and his will will occur on the on the earth. And so we do not have to be fearful of what's going on in the world, even if it's anti-God. So how do you see that we can redeem what is going on, even though we think like digital technology could be the anti-God? Yeah, so so largely speaking, I, I think you have to get into the subtleties and actually start splitting things apart. So I would say digital technology has the tendency to be the anti-God. I wouldn't label it largely that. And so you have to start parsing okay. out what pieces of this are good, what pieces that are, are evil. And what I'm really trying to do is, so there's this moment right now where people are, the world, even the secular world, is starting to realize that something's really broken, okay? Um, there's congressional hearings going on, Twitter files, Facebook files, like there's all kinds of stuff happening. And the world is coming up with a solution. And I think we as Christians need to come up with a solution of what is God's design for tech and ask what's healthy for us, but let it be within God's principles and not within the world's ethical framework. We actually need a redemptive lens when it comes to this. Yeah, and I think that hits the nail on the head, yet with more and more people abandoning the faith, um, I don't know that they really understand what a redemptive principle actually is because they've uh, just kind of redefined what good and evil is, right and wrong, beautiful and ugly. They've redefined it all. And uh, that, that, that mentality and that acceptance of false premises and the redefinition of terms all the way down to the gender and marriage and the very fundamentals of reality have now crept into the church. You know, the Bible's replete with how many times that... Uh, his people fell into idolatry. And my question to you is, do you see addiction and idolatry as one and yeah, the same? I mean, yes, addiction and idolatry, yeah, they're the same. And my definition of idolatry, I don't know how accurate this is, but I just say, what owns you? What controls you? If it controls you, it's an idol. Instead of you serving, you're serving it instead of you're using it for the glory of God. And so any anytime you're addicted, it has ownership over you. Well, think of this definition for either or. Anything you can't or think you can't live without. And I think that's the mentality and the protocol, actually, that we've brought into American culture. The schools don't think you can live without it. The parents don't think you, you can live without it. The kids don't think you can live without it. There's a study that kids would rather lose one of their fingers than have their smartphones taken away. Now, how is this not the worship of a man-made device when you value it more than your own body, which Christ is supposed to inhabit, who says, do not defile it. Now, take aside the pornography and the true death videos and all the other stuff you see on there. You're, you're willing to lose a finger over this? I, I, I don't, I see this as a major, major problem. And I, I don't see that half the church, well, 80% of the church sees it as a major problem. What's, what's been your experience? 
Yeah, I, I yeah, and we're kind of talking about the lies that creep in here. And I so th- three or four years ago, the number one lie was this lie of connection, right? Oh, you use this stuff and you'll be connected. Well, right. I think I think the silver lining on that's worn off, and everyone starts to realize, whoa, this is actually disconnecting us, not connecting us. Um, and and that's kind of normal. And people are shutting off their Facebook accounts. That's happening. But the lie right now that people don't get is this lie of convenience. Is that I can't live without this. This is it. I hear people say, "Oh, I love Wise Phone, but I need." I had a pastor yesterday come up to me and say, "I love Wise Phone, but I need my email." And I'm like. No, you don't need your email in your pocket. Like, I love you, brother. You can go to your laptop and open it up and check your email and then close it. And like, you don't need that. And so, so, so Chris, how can we combat this lie of convenience? How, how can parents combat that lie with their kids? Some of it is actually accept the idea that inconvenience can be healthy for you. That's a crazy concept. Like, uh, no pain, no gain. I mean, okay, so so think about it in this way. Like, okay, using the Dave Ramsey system for budgeting, that's a pain in the rear. I can't just swipe my credit card whenever I want. (laughs) I have to keep envelopes and pull them out and cash. And I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a hassle, but it changes your life for the better if you're struggling with debt. And if you think about uh, physical bodies, gym memberships, I mean, you have to pay to go and hire a personal trainer and you have to pay to eat healthy food and organic food instead of fast food. Mm -hmm. There is a cost associated with living healthy and people pay that cost for many other areas of our life. But when it comes to technology, for some reason, they're like, oh, I don't want to pay any type of inconvenience tax to do something that's actually good for me. So just Take that approach, right? What is it going to cost to live healthily? So, Chris, as we're pulling this all together and, you know, we've been diving into technology today, digital technology, our phones, and also we started things off with you talking a little bit about Genesis and the principles that you've you've gotten about technology from Genesis. Help us just understand that as we look out and we see what is could be like really going wrong with technology – where is the redemptive part in all of this? Yeah, so redemptively, first of all, God created us with imaginations, with creativity. We're supposed to make mm. stuff. We're supposed to build stuff. I mean, we're supposed mm. to bring the, our future and imagined reality into fruition. So there's something beautiful about technology that we can embrace and have peace with. But then on the flip side, as we look at the world and the depravity around us, even if you put up drastic boundaries, cut off interconnection, internet connections, buy wise phones, if you go buy a plow and become a rural farmer, there really is no silver technological bullet or product that we can make or that you can find that can solve the conditions of the human heart. And so at the end of the day, this isn't about tech, actually. It's about focusing our eyes on the face of Christ, and he's our source of hope, and that's what's going to carry us. So, The human so heart good. can still be corrupted. Mm-hmm. And and that's why we shield kids from things that they shouldn't be exposed to because we want to limit that. And I realize when they get on their own, they can they can chuck all that. They have free will and they can go on. But when you go back to Scripture, you, 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 Scripture's pretty, pretty clear about the diligence that we need to have as parents to make sure that our kids don't get corrupted before their time. Uh, because appetites can be trained and appetites can be retrained. And we see it happen all the time here at Shepherd's Hill. Do you have a protocol for your wise phone, suggestions about maybe after-hour use, uh, or are there any, or, 
are there any limitations, time limitations that you would suggest uh, for the wise phone itself? Because a kid exposed to even good information uh, 24-7, an overload of even good information can still have a, a negative sum total uh, effect. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely. Information, I mean, what is the lie that was sold in the garden was this, it was a lie of information, right? The knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a toxic mm-hmm. side to information overload. I mean, so I, I would just say, you don't have to put that many restrictions or boundaries around wise phone because, but if, if I had one that's just a family wide boundary, it's like have a place in the house where you put your phones after a set period of time. And yeah. we intentionally made everything paper based. So we read paper books. I have scriptures in a box, uh, on note cards that we wrote down that we go through. And I think there's actually, I mean, personally, this is just my opinion. I wouldn't prescribe this to other people, but I like reading a physical Bible versus a digital Bible. So I try to stay away from screens as much as possible because yeah. it, it affects the way you think about the word of God sometimes. So yeah, well, and the does. science backs you up. I mean, you can take the same document, read it on a screen, read it in, in paper and ink and the paper and ink uh, is far away uh, more, more effective. But this is why the, 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 the creators of this stuff in, in Silicon Valley send their kids to, to um, Waldorf schools where everything is paper and ink. Um, I think that the parents need to ask themselves this question. If really all of reality and eternity is about redemption. Hmm. Ask yourself, is giving your kids unfettered access to a smartphone redemptive? Is it, is it going to bring your child ultimately closer to a relationship with Jesus Christ? Or is it ultimately going to bring them further away? I mean, if, if you've got a guarantee, a slam dunk uh, way of making that work, then I'm on board. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. And I'll just throw out there when we created Techlist, I literally had a blank page moment in life where I could do anything like any business, real estate, you name it, whatever. And I asked myself this question, Hey, what is the greatest distraction to the world of us living out the greatest two commandments, loving God and loving others. Mm -hmm. And out of all the options on the table, the solution that I had was our phones are the number one distraction to us living out the greatest two commandments. And so that's exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Well, I praise God that you're doing it, and uh, uh, my prayer is that uh, you guys ex- experience uh, unlimited success uh, because your success is going to mean a lot more success in the, in the uh, lives of kids and, and uh, parents and our culture as a whole. Chris, thanks for being a part of Licensed to Parent today, and thank you so much for cleaning up the tech world. We are grateful. Thank you guys so much. Well, our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Chris Casper. Check out the exciting things that Chris and his team are doing with Techless. Go to techless.com. And during this season of Easter, we remember the words of the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians when he said, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's the gospel. Christ redeemed us from the penalty of sin and death. The Bible says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. May you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Happy Easter. 
Thanks for listening today to Licensed to Parent. Licensed to Parent is the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, our year-long Christ-centered wilderness-based residential program for troubled teens. We are here for you if you need help. Check out LicensedToParent.org for more information. Just click on the resource tab on the main page. We are trusting God for His great vision for Shepherds Hill and our revitalized campus. Might He be using you to help us expand our campus? A donation of any amount to Shepherds Hill will help us tremendously. You can donate online, LicensedToParent.org, and click the Donate button. Thanks to our team today for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. Maybe it's a smartphone. God bless. See you next time.